Hi, and welcome once again to the Cognitive Bias Podcast. I'm your host, David Dylan Thomas, and this is a uh, very special episode um, of the Cognitive Bias Podcast. So there is a test called the Implicit Association Test that uh, a team out of Harvard, actually several different social scientists, put together a while ago. Um, and uh, it's available at implicit.harvard.edu slash implicit slash take a test. Um, if you want to try it yourself, but this is kind of a famous test that um, you go through it and it sort of reveals implicit biases that you might have, you know, toward or against different groups. Um, and uh, I have avoided taking it for a very long time because I'm afraid of what I'm going to learn. <laughs> um, but I figured at some point I might as well just do it. And uh, especially since I've got a podcast about bias. Um, <laughs> And uh, I thought it'd be a good idea to sort of um, do an episode where I take it and then kind of I'll, I'll kind of report on my results to you and kind of my reactions to it. Um, I've tried to stay relatively spoiler free about it, but I did read some of the literature that they have on the website and some interesting stuff there. So, you know, to the point around me not you know wanting to take it, there is like some uh, nomenclature there that says, if you are unprepared to encounter interpretations that you might find objectionable, please do not proceed further. So that's kind of the space I was in for a while, but I'm at the point now where I'm like, I might as well just do it and know, you know, what I know. Um, and they do kind of get pretty specific about, like, what are and are not acceptable uses for the test, which I appreciate. It's not like, hey, you shouldn't use this if you're trying to determine if that person you want to hire is racist or not. Like, this isn't going to give you that information, right? Because, again, these aren't about implicit biases. These aren't, like, things that you necessarily agree with if someone were to ask you, hey, do you hate black people? Right? These are things where, like, in a split second you make a decision that, like, you know, tends to show you favoring, you know, white people over black people, Right? But it's implicit. It's unconscious. It's it's below the threshold of conscious thought. It's not it's not something I actually think about. If where if I slowed things down enough for you to think about it and make a decision and ask you explicitly, you'd say no. I'm not a member of the KKK. Love black people, right? Stuff like that. Um, and they have a, give a really good example here. So uh, another um, quote. Uh, for example, using the IAT to choose jurors is not ethical. In contrast, it might be appropriate to use the IAT to teach jurors about the possibility of unintended bias. And I think that helps level set a bit. It's Again, this is not to say, hey, this test is going to show if you're racist or sexist. It's more, hey, this test is going to show if you have unconscious biases that you should be aware of. So when you do have to make serious decisions you know, to check for that and, like, double-check yourself and, and, and make sure that you're not, you know, favoring unfairly one side or another. All of that, and, you know, half of this is me just talking myself into taking the test already, but I wanted to give some of that background here and um, some context before I take the test. So I'm going to take the test, I'm going to stop the, the recording, I'm going to take the test, and then we'll come back after I'm done, and we'll kind of talk about what it was like and what my results were. And we'll be back after this. And makes it sound like there's going to be a commercial. There's not. It's just going to cut right to me saying, hey, I'm back. So, bye. And we're back. So, um, not great news. I am super biased <laughs> in a lot of ways. I'll walk through this. Um, but uh, just to walk you through the process, uh, one thing I thought was really cool, there's some like demographic questions they ask, which you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but the first couple times I did... Um, and first off, there are, in fact, I did not realize, many Im uh, implicit association tests, um, like 14 in all, and I took about six of them because they're weirdly addictive, <laughs> even though they're often bad news, for me anyway. 
Um, but uh, there's a bunch I didn't take, which I will go back and take because I'm really, you know, even more curious now about uh, where my biases lie. Biases lie. Um, but I took a pretty broad sample of ones I thought would be interesting, and I'll walk you through those results. But each time they kind of ask you some of the same questions. And when they get to, like, the gender question, I think they do a really good job of saying, okay, what gender were you assigned at birth? And that's one question. And then they have another more open question around, like, how do you identify right now? And they even let you select more than one, which I think is very, you know, open and realistic of them. If you remember our notational bias episode, like, this is where we get into trouble a lot with letting the way we phrase questions design or erase who does and does not get to exist. Um, so I thought that was very woke of them um, and uh, unbiased of them. Uh, so anyway, let me walk you through uh, some of these results now. So um, just to give you an idea of what the test is like without spoiling it too much, um, you're sort of sort of shown a bunch of different, you know, pictures to associate with either one group or another group, and then sort of words to associate with one group or another group, like good or bad or... Um, Good or bad groups, you know, word, word groupings, um, and so you might see the word disgust, drop it in the bad group, see the word, you know, pleasant and put it in the good group, and then see a white face, put it in the white group, see a black face, put it in the black group, and you sort of have to start doing those individually, but then you start having to do them in groups, so it's like, put this in, put this picture either in the black or white, the black and good bucket, or the white and bad bucket, or put this word in the black and, you know, uh, good bucket, or in the white and bad bucket, or whatever, like, Think of every possible combination of that and do it as quickly as you can. Um, it's kind of hard to like paint a word picture of that, but what it basically ends up doing is forcing you to associate words with pictures or identities quickly. Um, and in so doing, like the reaction times basically reveal what they call automatic preferences. And that's how they'll phrase your responses. Like you have a automatic preference for this or that, and it could be a strong or moderate or slight or not at all. Um, so when I did that, I took a bunch of different ones. So, uh, one of these I took, and this is probably the one that I am the least proud of, <laughs> um, is around, uh, males and career women and family, right? And how do you associate those things? And the result was the data suggests a strong automatic association for male with career and female with family. Uh, so of all the results, this is the one I'm probably the most ashamed of because, you know, my wife is a pediatric neuropsychologist, right? You know, like, you know, and she's very smart and like, you know, way more educated than I am. And like, there's a much, you know, um, bigger career than I do, right? Um, so it should not be difficult for me. And my mother, you know, like, had a good job. And it should not be difficult for me to associate women with careers. And yet, so yeah, that was a very disappointing result, and even more so because it was a strong association, it's divided up into sort of like slight, moderate, or strong. And they let you know how many other people like took the test and how they like kind of did, and where you fall in sort of the groupings, and most of the time I fell in with what most people, you know, picked. Um, but uh, here I was actually on the upper end. So most people had a moderate association of male with career and female with family. I had a strong one. So it's even more disappointing. And if I'm perfectly honest with myself, I can't say this is a totally surprising result, right? Like, left to my own devices, the default, I tend to, like, uh, default to, like, you know, um, letting, you know, women or letting, you know, my own wife do, like, the emotional labor. And we've had discussions about this, right? Um, it's the kind of thing that I didn't even realize I was doing and had to be brought to my attention. And that right there is the very definition 
of implicit, of, of uh, unconscious. Like, it's the thing you don't realize you're doing because it's just your default. So clearly, right, I still have some work to do here, and as embarrassing and, and, and shameful as it is, and hopefully that shame is the motivation to do some work around it. And, and they talk a little later, I'll talk a little later about, like, they do sort of have, like, recommendations for, like, what to do if you don't like your results. But that's the one that, like, hit the closest and was most disappointing, right? Um, uh, so another one was around... Uh, okay, so they have one in there, like, around presidential bias, which I kind of think is a joke, maybe, um, but it's in there, and I was like, okay, what is this? So I took it, and it's basically showing you, like, Trump versus other presidents, and in my case, I got Abraham Lincoln, and it's a similar thing, like, do you have a bias for one or the other? And, you know, not shockingly, I did, but here's the thing. It said, your data suggests a moderate automatic preference for Abraham Lincoln over Donald Trump. Um, and the the disappointing part there is is moderate really <laughs> like that's it <laughs> it's like i would hope i have a strong and and again that fell in with the normal parameters like most people had a moderate automatic preference for other presidents over donald trump it's like really that's all i could i, I could muster um was an outright rage but but that that's where it landed um but that that was at least you know it would have been much more disturbing if it went in another direction i guess for me um uh, this one, you know, again, not great to hear about yourself. Your data suggests a strong automatic preference for abled persons over disabled persons. Um, and I have to imagine that comes from some, like, deep-rooted fear about becoming disabled myself. I don't know, but, and, and again, these are all, like, unconscious biases. There aren't things you, th you, by definition, there aren't things you think about carefully. It's like I'm a big accessibility, you know, uh, proponent and all these other things. But at the end of the day, my lizard brain is my lizard brain doing what it's doing. So I now know this is there, and that's something I gotta, I gotta, I gotta work against um, and know that if I don't think about it, this is what I'm, the trap I'm going to fall into. And that's what a lot of these things are. It's sort of like, know that if you are left to your own devices, these are the defaults, right? These are, these are, the, these are your default settings in the operating system of your brain, right? So uh, know that if you want to not fall into them, you're going to have to think carefully. So if there's a decision involving women versus uh, career versus family versus um, you know the, the gender norms around that, you will have to think carefully to not make a biased decision, right? Um, if it's, you know, for me, around, like, you know, abled persons versus disabled persons, you have to think carefully to not make a decision that is going to be biased against disabled people, right? Because this is, this is just the default setting. Um, another one was... Uh, this one was a surprise. This was the biggest surprise. So I took one around Arab Muslims and other people. And when they say other people, they basically mean any other nationality. So they show you names that are associated with... Uh, Arab Muslims and names that are associated with pretty much could be Japanese, could be you know Dutch, could be like any, anything not Arab Muslim. So those are your kind of options. Um, and your data suggests a slight automatic preference for Arab Muslims over other people, which I would not have expected. And again, like growing up in a culture, growing up in America where, you know, there is a strong sort of like bias against Arab Muslims, I would have expected that my bias would have in fact, you know, been against Arab Muslims. Now, Granted, this is against other people, so it wasn't, like, against white Americans, so I imagine those results might be different, but the fact that I have a slight preference for Muslims, I'm like, okay, good, that's one thing where the default isn't terrible, right, <laughs> you know? Um, but that, that was a bit of a surprise to me, I have to say. A uh, pleasant surprise, but, you know. Um, another one I took was, your data suggests a slight automatic preference for light-skinned people over dark-skinned people. Okay, so this 
was not a surprise at all. In fact, the only surprise here was that it was slight. Um, there was a very like rich, disturbing history around um, people in other countries, you know, brown people preferring lighter skinned brown people over darker skinned brown people. And there was an entire industry, beauty industry, based on what they call the colonization of the body. The, uh, the around, like, make your skin lighter, make your hair lighter, make your hair straighter, make yourself more like white people. Um, I thought I, my, I thought my lizard brain had bought into that more. I'm pleased to say it's only slightly bought into that. <laughs> but yeah, there, there, there that is. Um, so that wasn't, that wasn't a shock to me. Um, and then the, the, the last one I took uh, was just basically the straight-up race IAT. I think that's kind of the, the most famous one that kind of started it all. And my data suggests a moderate automatic preference for European Americans over African Americans. Not a big shock, right? And we'll do an episode soon about um, sis, sis, uh, system justification bias. And we've kind of hinted at this before, and it's this idea that even if you are part of the oppressed race, you'll still kind of have a preference for the oppressor. It's a little bit of, you know, colonial Stockholm syndrome going on. Um, so this is not a shock. And they even say, like, in the, um, in the kind of language around this, like when you're preparing to take the test, quote, For example, about a third of black participants show an implicit preference for white people relative to black people, which can't be explained as an in-group bias. Um, so a lot of that, uh, th that's where they sort of, there's like an FAQ around like, hey, isn't this just a question of in-group bias, like you're always going to prefer your own group? Actually, no. <laughs> so and we've talked about in-group bias on this, on this podcast before. Like, so we'll get to system justification bias, which is how you can kind of override that when it comes to the oppressed group, like actually preferring the non-oppressed group. And it's not like rocket science, right? If you grow up and the group you're a part of is always getting spit on, and the group you're not a part of is always getting whatever they want, of course you're going to like develop an implicit bias around, hey, they're better, or at the very least, I'd rather be them. Um, so that, that's, that, that result wasn't really a shock to me either. Now, one of the things that they kind of point out when they start to say, okay, hey, maybe you don't like your results, like what should I do? How do I kill this bias? Um, they bring up something that I've kind of suspected for a while now, uh, just based on looking at all these different biases and looking at all the sort of lack of evidence around, like doing anything about it, like in terms of literally getting rid of it, like, you know, pulling it out of your brain somehow. And the, the quote they have is, quote, right now there is not enough research to say for sure that implicit biases can be reduced, let alone eliminated. Packaged, quote unquote, diversity trainings generally do not use evidence-based methods of reducing implicit biases. Therefore, we encourage people to instead focus on strategies that deny implicit biases the chance to operate. And I've talked about this a lot. I have a whole talk called Design for Cognitive Bias, and half of it focuses on how can you eliminate the circumstance where that bias gets to operate. Um, so biases the chance to operate, such as blind auditions and well-designed structured decision processes, right? I talk a lot about choice architecture and how you can sort of design the choice architecture to forego or eliminate the bias or if need be, leverage it, right, um, for good instead of evil. So I, it was interesting to sort of see them say that, because um, that's sort of been corroborated by a lot of other kind of design interventions I've looked at. Um, and then one of the other things they, uh, they kind of bring up in one of the sections is, for example, this could mean going out of your way to watch television programs and movies that portray women and minority group members in positive or counter-stereotypical ways, right? So clearly I've got a lot of sort of TV watching to do <laughs> where women are associated with career and men are associated with family, like just to sort of at least create a bulwark around that bias. 
but um but that's so that's that's uh, and it's funny because i've already i've already kind of started thinking about doing that more often and picking work from female directors and female writers and writers of color and, and lgbtq writers and directors and kind of paying more attention to that because my media diet is largely white male and has been for a long time so that's something you know i'm working on so disappointing but not really surprising results from a lot of these and like i said i'm going to go back and do more of these but i, I highly encourage you to uh, go and check these out um and uh, it's implicit.harvard.edu slash implicit slash take a test.html. And I'll link to it in the show notes too. Lots of tests to take. Uh, you'll learn maybe not great things about yourself, but important things about yourself that you can then kind of you know, work on. And, and, you know, if you're open to it, like talk to us in the show notes about this. It's going to be um, facebook.com slash cognitive bias podcast. Um, by the way, I'm going to be at... Um, an event this week I'll link to as well. Um, that's actually about a lot of the messages boys and girls get growing up, uh, but called Brave Not Perfect. We're doing a panel about it with the author. I'll link to all that in the show notes too. That's this Wednesday in Philly if you're around. Uh, hope I can see you there. That is all for this week for the Cognitive Bias Podcast. I'm your host, David Dillon Thomas, and we will see you next time. <laughs>